0: Welcome to At the Table
1: with Darlene. Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. We are so glad that you have joined us this evening, and we hope that you've had a good week. We hope that uh, you have experienced the presence of God and and taken moments to listen, see what he's saying, because he's always saying something. Well, okay. let's start with the table tonight. Sitting right across from me are our two wonderful gentlemen. I wish we had a picture. You've got, you you like, you got like you to get a picture of this, I'm telling you. Uh, That's cute. Wait, yes. Do it again. Yes. Ah, yes. They are sweeties. It. We'll have <laughs> to. Uh, we'll <laughs> our executive again. producer, Chris uh, Norman. And Chris, we are always glad that yes. you're at the table. He uh, is a blessing to this Yeah, podcast. and you... You bring a lot of wisdom, so thank you.
2: I've only not been here twice.
1: Yeah, at least, right? No, not, not been in, here? Yeah. You've never not been here? No, there's oh, two women's conferences. the women's that, conferences. Yeah, we there. did do it without you. You're right. You're right. Um, and sitting next to you is uh, your, your very special friend, Miss BFF. BFF. Ooh. Long-time friend. Yeah. Great mentor. Li- life. life, Very nice
2: beard. Known him since he Life-long. was in
1: divers. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Right. You better repent. I repent. Oh, no. <laughs> he may it.
0: have known me. We don't know. No? That's right. true. I bet know. I have seen you. I bet our paths have crossed. I bet they have. In many a meeting times. somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole go other podcast. Go- do you yeah, ever go visit another. Rick Shelton's church yes, or Ron yeah. Tucker's yeah. church? Yeah. Yeah. I bet we bumped into something. Yeah, we probably shook
1: hands. <laughs> That's
2: probably one of those turn around and shake <laughs> your yep. neighbor's hands and there I there shook you your hand. <laughs> probably
1: so. Yeah. He's and probably f- up on stage, yeah. though,
2: because he's uh, cool like that. Yeah,
1: I don't know. He won't deny it. Mm-hmm. Sitting next to me, of course, is Jessica. Jessica, uh, we're really glad you're here tonight. You're Thank s- you. Actually, you've been in this chair two... Three weeks. Three weeks, Wow. And, yeah, well, Tiffany, she's, I don't know what's happened to her. No, I told her she could stay home tonight. Aww, Last nice. time we called her. Yes. And we Did just she
2: backslide? No, <laughs> I told her she could stay. No,
1: I told her she could stay home tonight. Lou's uh, getting ready to be gone for a few days. I asked if I could stay home, but she said and no. I, and I turned out no, she. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> I told you both, no, you had to. But we are so glad uh, to have sitting at the table with us tonight, uh, uh, Alex Young, who is uh a staff pastor here and also uh one of our sons in the lord and alex it's really good to have you tonight it's
3: good to be here
1: we're uh welcome to the table we've had dara on she's been on a few times yeah. with us four, yeah, at least three mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, really? that's yeah that's the that's the mm-hmm. better part of, with me. of alex mm-hmm. <laughs> but but we're, we're way we're, better we're looking <laughs> she just doesn't have a beard she doesn't have a beard that's true
0: Oh, you're talking about Alex. I thought she said she was better looking than some of the other people at the table. Oh,
1: my goodness. goodness. Well, he's cruising for bruising tonight. I I don't know. I have
2: no desire to be bruised. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anyway, Alex, we really are glad. And Alex has a wonderful testimony. And, uh, you know, every person sitting at this table, honestly, we've all been on such a journey of life. And the goodness of God, one of my favorite songs right now, you know, there are just songs that that you feel like are for you for your own self yes. and one of the, one of the songs that i love so much is is the goodness of god and and uh, yes. because we can just see the goodness of god in our life and and alex i know that you have done that you've seen the goodness of god all through your life and tell us a little bit about us uh you were raised a pastor son right
3: yeah. yeah yeah my dad was uh assemblies of god for most of my childhood and uh, went independent later on when I was in my teenage years and pastored. A, I didn't know um, he was in. I thought he was church. Yeah, I didn't
0: know he was in the assemblies. No.
3: Oh. no. My Are grandma was PCG. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, she was ordained for over 55 years. Wow.
1: Your grandmother.
3: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, she, uh, she was a pioneer. Uh, did a lot, a lot of work done on the reservations in Oklahoma Uh, had a lot of stories about God moving to one of my favorites she was singing and she began to speak in tongues and the Cherokee people down there told her she did such a great job singing that song in the Cherokee language and she had never Mm. spoke Cherokee a day in her life she didn't she just (laughs) thought she was speaking in tongues Uh and just singing in tongues and Yep, she was singing worship in wow. the Cherokee language. That's so cool. It is I so cool, all that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I've heard you know I've heard many before. You the know that, comes. and it's really true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I had forgot about your grandmother, and so you have a lot of heritage. I do. There, uh, you know, I I look back on my own life, and I and people sitting here at this table, we just went to Jessica's mom, uh, grandmother's funeral, mm-hmm. and she was ninety five years old, and and I mean it was just. Awesome to listen. It was such a beautiful funeral, and listen to the legacy of Mm -hmm. of this woman, and 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 I look at my life with my dad, and also you know that that's true. So in spite of all the ugly of life, aren't you thankful for for the woman of God?
3: Amen.
1: That you know was a a woman after God's own heart, and spoke volumes into your life, and that could be the very thing that pulled at you a lot. it was.
3: Um, <clears throat> Grandma was probably the biggest inspiration for me in the ministry. Just the day at her funeral, I, was, I wasn't I living right. And I've never seen somebody look so lifelike. Because, you know, the, they do what they can, but they never can make mm-hmm. somebody look like, and she looked like she I I thought she was going to open her eyes and look at me like I knew she died praying for mm-hmm. me because I I was not anywhere close to where I should have been with God. and uh, just t- I've never had an issue with women preachers because of my because grandma. Because of
1: grandma. Yeah. <laughs> is that something? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey as a teenager and kind of a little bit of the journey of life that you've been on.
0: Can I just say real quickly that... Because he was a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. He probably never did anything wrong. <laughs> as a preacher's kid, he probably never went astray.
1: Right. Uh, as, mm-hmm. as a preacher's
0: kid, you're raised in church all the time, and uh, we're about to hear a good story.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I never did anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did things wrong when I didn't do things wrong. This um, It was, it was um, I had a really rough childhood yes my dad was a pastor but he was not a good spiritual leader um, wasn't a good leader at all um,
1: and those long, are hard words to say yeah yeah it okay. is
3: and for a long time i viewed myself as just a dishonorable child that you know I'm I could have had it worse, and I, they would literally say that, you know, there's a lot of kids that have it worse than you. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I opened up to Dara about it that she was like, well, it still doesn't make it right. Right. You know, if they're having compare your their parenting style to other people's who is worse, they they know that they're not doing something right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that point that pastor preached a message it's probably been several years ago now that you, he mentioned in it that you can't honor honor what is not honorable. Mm-hmm. And I've done what I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after hearing you're stupid, you're an idiot, being beat, held down and beaten till, I mean, I've literally had the blood cut out of my legs just because I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And just that was... That was what he thought was right. You know, he talked about when he was a kid that they would get beat with razor straps. Mm-hmm. And he said it was good for a child to have the blood cut out of their legs that they couldn't learn to listen. But mm-hmm. I I was, a, uh, I was a bit of a rebellious child. I've always gotten in trouble in school. Boomer says that's why me and him are such great friends because mm-hmm. we have such similar personalities <laughs> in a lot of ways. But... This really, really put a bad taste in my mouth for years. i never doing anything wrong again. When I was 10 years old, I was exposed to pornography for the first time, and my parents had no idea that for years I didn't even, even about four years of my teenage years, I had nothing to do with God. I'd only went to church because I was made to. And, mm-hmm. um didn't really have friends I was homeschooled or private schooled and just never never got along with anybody and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a good childhood mm-hmm. um, a lot of people say that you know if I could go back and be a kid again and it's, there is no way on this earth <laughs> that if I could have the opportunity to become a kid again that I would do it because I hated my childhood mm-hmm. I, 16 years old was the first time that I thought about committing suicide
1: mm-hmm. wow and, That's something that you really had to deal with for a long time. Yeah.
3: And I, I got made fun of at school all the time, got beat up. I even got beat up on the church, the front yard of the church in Bernie, Missouri, by the kids in my Royal Rangers groups. And one of them was my classmate. And just, you're supposed to be, a child should be able to go home. Yes, there's things that they have to deal with in life. hmm Yes, they have to learn how to deal with bullies. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have to learn how to deal with all the because once you go grow up, that's it's a it's a jungle out there. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to deal with it when you go home too. No, and that was probably the hardest part about being. My childhood was there was no rest mm-hmm. for me. There was no, and I I hate to use this term because it's used a lot in. Um, the wrong way, but I, I had no safe space. Mm-hmm. And your parents, the parents, yes, they had the discipline, but they should be your safe place. Your safe Absolutely. place, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. They are. Well, our father is a refuge, mm-hmm. a tower, a very mm-hmm. present help in the times of trouble.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's one thing before Silas was born, which I, I thank God for our, our great big little miracle. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's one thing I prayed night after night when he was still in his in his mama's womb that God let me be a father after your example. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not mm-hmm. after you know, I love I love my pastor and he's a good spiritual father, but God's God's the best. Yes, I he mean, is. There's, Absolutely. There's no comparison. No. And I made mistakes and I've that's been the hardest fight is not being my parents yeah that's been the biggest thing on my mind and Mm -hmm. dara said something good from uh your bible study the other day that we get so focused on not doing the things that we don't want to emulate from our parents that we forget to do the things differently that we focus so much on what we don't want to do that we don't do the things that we do want to do
1: yes amen you And that's so true.
0: Do you think that your childhood upbringing um, helped to form your personality?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
0: that you have, yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, That's why I'm such an introvert. Uh, Dara, actually, it brought her to tears one day. We were coming back from Poplar Bluff. Um, I have VA. That's where I typically go for VA appointments. And she was like, you have, it breaks her heart because she says I have such a, Tender heart, which I do, you know. I'm a big softy. Mm-hmm. I about cried the other day running over a turtle. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> because this silence. Big, this big brute of a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm. I've always. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really a big softy when it comes down to it. I don't look like it.
0: Don't <laughs> let his high voice fool you. He's really yeah. a big brute.
3: My, I'm the size that I should have the voice that Pastor has. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am a little jealous. i have to say. <laughs> well, he does have a really good, sexy voice. That's <laughs> <Ooh. is> true. Oh <laughs> boy! That's why I fell in love with him. Cause look at that, that voice, oh. you know. Uh, <laughs> oh but, boy! But thing you two are sitting across the table from <laughs> each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Catacorner here. Uh, but but your your life, you know, and I I know that we all look back on our life and we, you know, no one hardly ever has the perfect childhood. There are people that did, you know, when they look back, like you say, they would like to be a child again because it was so good. And there are those. But then they run into lots of problems sometimes when they become uh, teenagers or young adults, you know, and, and as they go on in life. Because life just has its many, many mm-hmm. challenges. Mm-hmm. And and so when you you, what was your age when you went into the service? 19. You were 19? Uh, well,
3: 2006,
1: I enlisted three days before my birthday in 06. And you were 19, going to be 19? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so you enlisted and, and then where did you go? And tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, I went to Fort Leonard Wood.
3: Um, I actually tried to get out of going. A uh, little, little, bit of a coward, my brother. Me and my brother don't get along very well, but uh, he, he threatened to, uh, to beat the living daylights out of me. <laughs> to yeah. put it nightly, nicely, nicely, if you not didn't, go, if you, you know? didn't go sign it, yeah, yeah, because I'm glad I did. You know, I was, I was terrified, but I, it's normal for you to be scared. At, that's a big life change mm-hmm. um, and I'm not one that likes change I uh, <laughs> I don't like change uh, I, don't, I would yeah I'll, I'll just leave it at that but uh, went to Fort Leonard Wood did basic training learned a lot I was a smart mouth little punk still a smart mouth but I'm not so much of a punk these days <laughs> I'm a, I'm a respectful smart aleck. <laughs> um, you are very respectful. I try to be. You are. And a lot of that was taught to me by the military. A lot mm-hmm. of my maturity came mm-hmm. from military. Yeah. And just, you just that a lot, yes. Stepping off the bus in Fort Leonard Wood, it was about 9 o'clock at night. We got to the Welcome Center, and there was a, a black female drill sergeant out there. And, man
1: she started yelling I was like what did I do I'm sure (laughs) what did I get myself into (laughs) I'm sure that's the question that almost (laughs) every young man or woman say when they step off when the sergeant begins to yeah to to train them and and to to get them into shape that they need to be so how long were you in Fort uh, Leonard Wood I was there for nine not nine
3: months um 19 weeks Basic AIT, I was military police officer. So you did your boot camp in, AI, in, in yep. AIT after that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, I was straight through.
1: And then where did you,
3: where did you serve? I was in National Guard. I wound up going to Kosovo, I spent a couple, little while in Fort Atterbury, Indiana, or Camp Atterbury, Indiana, um, Germany, Hohenfeld, trained there for a while then we finally went to country Uh, never saw combat which it's something that I'm kind of on the fence about because as a veteran you feel like you shouldn't have been in combat especially during a wartime but that's not where I got sent so Mm -hmm. and I mean I volunteered I was actually supposed to go to Iraq in 2010 Reclass class military intelligence i was one of the only people in the company that had a high enough gt score to actually go into mi mm. and i was mad at the president at the time because he pulled everybody he cut off all deployments from iraq and so i missed out on my chance to go to iraq so mm. i was very mad but you were you
0: were raring to go oh yeah
3: yeah um
0: I think most of the young men and women that are trained and Mm -hmm. prepared and ready to do something uh, probably are anxious about going and getting ready to use what they've been taught. Yeah,
3: which I did a lot of, uh, once I got back from Kosovo, I wound up running a lot of state emergencies, especially in 2011 to 12. We had flooding down in Sykeston, um, the tornado, well, take that back. There was a blizzard in Stockton around central Missouri and I wound up actually getting Missouri commendation one of the highest I think it's the third highest award that you can get in the Missouri guard wow. uh, wound up covering a deputy in Stockton uh, in a domestic disturbance. Uh, <laughs> that was that was an interesting night trying to haul somebody off in a Humvee in about two foot of snow it was a very <laughs> very interesting time uh Especially because the man was the one being beat up by his wife. <laughs> that <laughs> happened. It was it was a very it was a very interesting call, and them had uh, flooding in Sykeson, and then two weeks after I got back from that, we went to Joplin for the tornado, and I was mm. down there for a month running law enforcement. Wow, and, oh, a whole month. Yeah, yeah cool. St. Louis, St. Louis uh, County deputies were there, and literally missed me by. Inches going about 90 miles an hour when they blew through my traffic control point. Mm. And I, I was very <laughs> I was very mad at St. Louis <laughs> County for a long time after that. So <laughs> in the
0: Joplin tornado, did the National Guard pretty well do the security part of the uh, of, uh, monitoring the roads and letting people in and out? Was yeah, the guards?
3: we always had um, various uh, actual law enforcement from other parts of the state. Kansas City was a big one down there. Of course, Neosho PD, or not Neosho, Joplin PD ran, basically kept their same functions as patrol, but St. Louis City, St. Louis County, we even had a guy that was a detective in L.A. took off personal leave to come help Mm -hmm. law enforcement with it, but I only did TCPs for a week, and then the rest of the time I was right seat ride with police officers. Yeah. Typically for job, I had one. Oh, where was that from? Central Missouri somewhere. I can't. It's been, has been a minute ago. Twenty ten. Yeah. Twelve years
2: ago. No, that yeah. was
3: was it. Twenty ten. I thought
2: uh, Twenty eleven, actually. 2011. Yeah, was when
3: it? May twenty eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, highway patrol? Oh, I hit the table and made a noise. Mm-hmm. Highway patrol that had been in um, Commerce, Missouri, down by Sykeston saw me he'd been driving around we got to know each other a little bit and he was actually the one on death notifications for the disaster and he's like hey i know you Mm -hmm. it was like you know, small world you see somebody a month ago on one side of the state and then two weeks later you see him again and he he said that was probably the hardest job he ever had to do yeah and was just because just the stories alone were enough to just give you nightmares but Mm -hmm. it I didn't sleep you know I didn't sleep more than four hours through a night for the next five or six years after that yeah it It was was, it
1: was devastating Cindy and Danny Wormuth which we've had Danny on podcast several times their church was so totally involved in it, instrumental and yeah it was it was something else um I just want to uh, just kind of take you, would you kind of talk to us a little bit and tell us about your journey uh, as a Christian as you know, that's brought you up to this day? Uh, I know that our listeners, you know, they love great testimonies because all of our lives are testimonies. Yes. And so we want to hear about how God has brought you from where you were as that 19-year-old young boy into where you are now, a man of God that that is doing his very best to serve God, to raise your child, uh, uh, and raise and you know, be the husband that that God wants you to be. Just just share with uh, our uh, listeners tonight just a little bit about that. Well, I was in and out of church for years. Um,
3: my childhood, seeing the example that my parents set as leaders I I had a hard time staying in church like just I'd go for 6 months to a year then leave wasn't worth it people were a bunch of hypocrites didn't help um after I got out I went to Bible school when I was 17 to 18 yeah 17 went to Bible college for a year down in Neosho Missouri which is about 15 minutes south of Joplin. Um, Didn't go back. Uh, Wound up being part of a church that turned out to be a cult. Oh, no. I I came up in the old-time holiness, Pentecostal background. You know, the old-school women wore dresses, didn't cut their hair, didn't wear makeup. It was mainly about the women, you know. Uh, I wouldn't be a man of God because I have a beard. (laughs) I... Yeah, it makes so much sense. Oh, it's is so legalistic. Like they're only because even then I didn't. I was kind of on the fringes of holiness. I was kind of a black sheep. Um, I remember the second time I went back to OBI that they they asked me, you know, what well, do you believe holiness is? You have you have to be holiness to go to heaven. I was like, were well, are you talking about? God's holiness or man's holiness? Because there is a big difference. And after that, I kind of. I didn't. I wasn't too popular.
0: <laughs> I had to, they forced me to, if I wanted to join the organization, they, and become a licensed minister, they forced me to cut my sideburns, because mm-hmm. I had to pork chop sideburns down to my jaw, and, uh, they said, if you'll cut those off, we'll give you your license to minister, wow. and, of course, I would do anything to get to, get the papers and get to minister, so I cut them off. Uh, I wasn't rebellious about it, but when I look back now, uh, I, I was, uh, I was complying but it wasn't from my heart yeah uh, it just doesn't make any sense now
3: well the the church that I would wound up going to my sister Merlo went there I moved down here at that point excuse me uh, was actually an old an old preacher by the end of and by the name of Leon Mosier um had pioneered had planted that church pioneered it um I had known him for years, him, his granddaughter and my sister were best friends, like, he, he was a he was a good man, he was a little bit on the legalistic side, but he was a good man, but he wound up passing away, and the guy that he was mentoring completely went off the deep end, which I got caught up in it, but um, I was standing on the parking lot, and he basically told me that if I ever wanted to come back to church there, I need to quit gossiping about him, I was like, what do you mean? I would a friend of mine that I'd been in OBI with actually had turned out to be the nephew of one of the deacons, and I was expressing some concerns like you do with a friend, and that was the end of it, and I got kicked out of the church, and so that messed with me, and mm-hmm. so I went to Bobby Adams' church in, um, Bismarck. Bismarck yeah. Uh it was sweet on a girl from there. We wound up dating for a while. First serious relationship I'd ever been in and we uh, we split up and I did what any sensible young man would do. I joined the army. <laughs> 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 my brother was my brother was the um, was the big influence there, you know, twenty thousand dollar sign in bonus to a nineteen year old kid, you know, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. Especially mm-hmm. back yeah. then, you yeah. know. Minimum wage was still you know, five seventy five an hour, so which I know for pasture that that's nothing compared to when he walked up hill to school both ways in the snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: ten cents an hour when I was no. yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So so that's when you got into the army, then yeah. after that, let's let's go after the army or when you were you got out and then is that when you moved to this area and started working uh at the local uh, hospital here?
3: Or? Um, no, I was back and forth between here in Kansas City for years for a couple years uh, 2009 when I got back from overseas decided I was going to clean up my act go back to, start going back to church I went back to OBI for a semester and that did not work out um, wound up leaving at the at Christmas break and not going back uh Moved to Kansas City to work. Lived in my parents' basement. Got married to my first wife. I had nothing to do with God. I didn't want to have anything to do with God. I hated Christians. I hated church. They were all a bunch of hypocrites. And I, I would tell them, you know, that you church people are all alike. And after we split up, moved back down here wind up moving to Alabama for a month with a friend that didn't work out. <clears throat> then I came back up here a few years worked at Walmart um, wound up working over the road construction and that dried up and went to work at a halfway house here in town and that's that. when that's when things really started to turn around because I kind of went back to church for a little bit when me and my ex wife first split up. She came back, left again. Just the first time I ever had a panic attack was with her. And I didn't know what was happening. And she told me, I just need to stop being such a big baby. (laughs) (coughs) Just uh, a toxic relationship that was basically the same as my parents. She was never good. I was never good enough. Just. And a few years, four years. Uh, this is this is more difficult than I thought it would be. Uh, four years after that is when I finally got the courage to ask Dara out on a date. Um, had been working at the hospital for about two years. After
1: and Dara that, is your wonderful <laughs> wife, she who is. at the time when you started dating her, Dara actually got. She started coming to the youth group many, many years before that, but, and she ended up being a youth leader, and then while we were in between, we had, didn't have a youth uh, director or pastor, and so Dara, uh, she filled in for like a couple years, even for a little while if you all got married, but, but uh, so you met this fine lady, and yes. she was absolutely amazing woman of God. When
3: I, uh, I really wanted to share this, when I went to work at the um, halfway house, I was still, I'd started smoking weed at that point, um, alcoholic, I was always, always drunk, a friend of mine, I was pining away from my ex-wife, he thought he had a brain tumor, which they had confirmed at a doctor, and he, he thought he was dying, and I didn't care if I died, so we partied it up, and I was... Misery fed fed off of each other. Yeah, I was always driving drunk. I I can't tell you... I used to say it's because I had a system worked out that I was just good at it. It was God. And I came to that realization Mm -hmm. a couple years ago that God is the only reason why I'm here today Mm -hmm. without a criminal record, without, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. all these things that you hear of people coming out of addiction that... Mm -hmm they've made these mistakes that stick with them for so long Mm -hmm. I am so so blessed to come out of where I am where I've been just God has been so and it's one of my favorite songs too the goodness of God and all my life you've been faithful yes Mm -hmm. amen but I was at Aquinas and I just I hit a wall and the addictions and everything got to where they just weren't covering anything up anymore and I I was laying in my bed and it was it's funny looking back I had a mini fridge next to my bed so I could have a beer before I got out of bed in the morning (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because the day just went better when you started out drinking Uh, but I was laying there and I I was to the point of tears and I I said God if it's your will for me to go back to church if you still care about me then you'll give me a job where I can go to church Because I couldn't get off I wanted to go to church but I couldn't get off mm-hmm. the right days and, this
0: is why you were working at the halfway house yeah
3: and the next day I got a message on Facebook from a, a fellow that I'd worked with 10 years before that hey are you still looking for a job it's like well are you still day shift and weekends off yeah it's like I will be there in two weeks I had never applied, mm. never nothing, and two weeks went by, I went back to work in land surveying, I had, was one of my favorite jobs even still, and I didn't go back to church. <laughs>
0: Broke your promise, huh? Yeah,
3: and the guy that I worked with, he was he grew up Catholic, and he hadn't been to church in a couple of years, because something had happened mm-hmm. that offended him, and he and, he looked at me one day, he was like, you really need to go back to church, and I was like, what? Is that coming from is that coming from the horse's mouth? <laughs> and the next weekend, I was in church, and I went back to the church that I'd been at. had The only church that I'd been a part of in mm-hmm. a long time, and they closed their doors. I jumped ship a couple weeks before because God told me it was time to go. The handwriting was on the wall, and uh went to an, another church and they closed their doors a couple of years later and I was very discouraged i wound up going to kevin kapler's church for a little while and i was starting to slip back into alcoholism and into that that life and then i met dara at the hospital and i i made the confession here after the first week we were dating i was still getting drunk hmm coming to Solid Rock, you know. I never <laughs> never told anybody about that, but... <laughs> I remember what uh,
0: Mrs. Rhodes said when you started dating
3: her about she's got her eye on you. Mm-hmm. And I started coming here, and of all my life being in church, of all my experience, you know, I, I don't like to brag, but I know the word. I've it's learned true. a lot. God has blessed me with a gift and knowledge, but I... Somebody, people have likened me to a walking Bible before in my past, but I knew the Bible, but I didn't know God. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been so thankful for you and Pastor that just you guys have taught me more in these last seven years, almost seven years now, about God than I'd learned in a lifetime. You know, I, like you said, Mama mm-hmm. Rhodes, I had a heritage, well, Yeah, I've had a lot of training a lot of mm-hmm. influence in my life from the word of God uh, but I didn't I did not know about I was never taught the importance of a relationship with God mm-hmm. until you guys and just you guys have been an inspiration to me and maybe as much if not maybe I think you guys have surpassed my grandmother and mm-hmm. the inspiration that you guys have been to me mm-hmm. Thank you. We've <clears throat>
0: just been drawn close to you ever since you got here. Even if you were doing something you shouldn't have been doing. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you that not.
3: that ended after two weeks, and <laughs> I I actually came clean with Dara and told her I was like I, I messed up and I was trying to get my life right and you know that voice in the back of your head. Well, you're not mm-hmm. really you're not really wanting to be a Christian if you're still getting drunk. And
0: yeah. Uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your uh you the ptsd that you had and how that came about and and then uh we've only got just a, a few more minutes but tell us about the uh i, I know there's been attempted suicide in the past yeah and uh there's people that are listening right now that have had to deal with that they've had to fight those voices in their mind they've had to fight that feeling of rejection mm-hmm. and. I'm not worth anything and I'm sure your childhood had a whole lot to do with that because if you were called those kind of names and and treated like that you probably had a very low self-image and just wanted to get out
3: of life. Yeah, Uh, Like I said the first time I thought about committing suicide I was 16. Um, The only reason why I didn't didn't was because I knew I would go to hell. For years I didn't think I had anything wrong because I never saw combat so I shouldn't be able to, I shouldn't have PTSD and it took a friend of mine, I worked overnight security at the hospital that he was a combat vet had been to Mm -hmm. Iraq and he was like, dude, you've got PTSD. He's like, there's, he's like, you need to go get help.
0: Anytime, anytime you've had a trauma in your life, you can have PTSD. So, you know, I know it's sometimes it's relegated just to the military personnel. But uh, you know we deal tragedy, a lot of, we tragedy deal of some Police light, officers, yeah. uh, a, a lot of professional people have problems with PTSD. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. what they have to.
3: And that's that's what has fed into a lot of my, especially my sense of humor, because you notice what those kind of jobs, nurses, EMTs, they all have a darker sense of humor, oh, right. and they don't yeah. have, they don't have that filter because that's how we deal with okay. it. Mm-hmm. You get through it. Because a lot of like me, I did not think that I had PTSD, and it it wasn't until he said, you know, and you know he wasn't a, he wasn't a psychologist, psychiatrist. He didn't have any credentials to diagnose me, but I wound up going to the VA and I went through counseling for a better part of a year. Uh, completed the program, that it was just like holy cow, I have PTSD, and
0: and did it did it come up ever ever so often or. Once a year, or how did, how did it you...
3: was It was just. It was all the time, really. I mean, even still, I'm fighting with the after effects, that that's why I'm always on edge. I'm always ready for something to happen. And if you. And that's. They used to call it shell shock in World yep. War One My uh, great grandfather had been in the Argonne Forest. And I remember Grandma Harper, who was my grandpa's dad. I, when my brother joined the Marine Corps, they said there was no survivors. My brother had to take paperwork to show that great-grandpa Harper had come out of this. Mm. It was that kind of a battle. Mm-hmm. and But that's why they called it shell shocks, because you hear a loud noise or something that gets yeah. your adrenaline up. Like, I intend to be a very jumpy individual. Um, <laughs> it was my friend that had yeah helped me through so much, uh, we were walking through the equipment room at work one night, and i just i knew he was behind me, but I saw him move out of the corner of my eye. I kind of looked off to the to the side and I saw him there and i I spun around and I was ready to go mm-hmm. and <laughs> of course, that set him off and after a second, he's like do p t s d much dude?" <laughs> I was like i'm sorry, <laughs> you know yeah. i didn't I don't know what happened, but yeah, I the thoughts of, especially when you get alone, the thoughts of you're not good enough and just trying to outrun the past. That's why uh, Philippians 3.13 has become one of my favorite verses, you know. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching to the things that are before. Because I was, you know, it was my wife loves me she treated me well. My, my fam my, the family that I'm close to loves me. Um, my church family loves me, of course, for, it took me a long time to warm up to, to warm up solid rock because mm-hmm. I figured that it was, that's a thing of PTSD is you don't trust. Like, and you read in, you read into what people, you take what people are saying is not at face value. Mm-hmm. They've got ulterior motives. They don't really mean it. You know, they, really getting on to you. There was quite a few times that I, th- I thought Pastor basically hated me and didn't want anything to do with me. Because, <laughs> But I, I had to realize, you know, that was, that's one of the symptoms, is you think people are out to get you. You gotta always, blame. I think it was uh, General Matic from the Marine Corps that said, you know, be nice and smile, but have a plan to kill
1: everybody you meet. <laughs> and, uh, well, I think a lot of people listening, you know, to the program, they can so relate because life, you know, when when there's been a lot of situations in a person's life, that is how responses come. But now I want to I wanna come to you and say, you know, what, Alex, has God done to make you know who you are now? Because all of this other is our yesterdays. Mm-hmm. And those are things that make us the people we are today. It really is. I wouldn't trade anything for my yesterdays. I wouldn't want to do my childhood over. I wouldn't want to make the same decisions I did when I was a young woman. I wouldn't want to, but yet I wouldn't trade my life for anyone's. Yeah. Because God has been so good and so faithful and those situations of my life. But those are things that I have recovered from. I am not still a depressed person, yeah. I can be, but I choose not to. I know when it comes, and I resist the devil, and he flees yes. on that. Amen. And and so I want people to know when they're listening out here. And yes, you've had trauma, and but everybody's at different places, and I understand that people are at different places of recovery. But we don't have to spend all of our life recovering. Yeah. We have recovered. I say I'm a recovered introvert because I was I understand shyness why was i so shy why was i so fearful fearful and all it's because of a lot of things but also i am today because of a lot of things and i've made a lot of choices and that choices are the word of god Mm -hmm. now i want the audience that's listening to hear out of your mouth alex what god has done and the man of god that you are today i want them to hear that from you
3: Well, the turning point is Memorial Day weekend, um, three years ago. Yeah, I was already married. I was a member of pastoral staff here at the church, here at Solid Rock, and I was growing, but I wasn't where I needed to be yet, and I was camping out Dara was there uh, my sister and brother-in-law one of my nieces was there and I had a, I had a meltdown like I'd never had before just I had you know I'm not in a good place when I throw food especially when it's good food because you know I am I like to eat mm-hmm. I like my food and it was chili and I love chili mm-hmm. and I threw the bowl of chili and spit off of my Jeep and had pulled off next to Shepherd Mountain Lake in Ironton, Missouri, because it was a nice place to die. And
1: so the devil was lying to you, even though you had made commitments, you had a lot no. of growth. and all. That's why we have to be so wise as serpents. We have to know the devil's tactics, yep. because if you hadn't made a decision, and God hadn't spoke, you would have kept on giving in to that same yep. old thing. And, you know, last week we preached on...
0: Faith for miracles. Yes.
1: And the word of the Lord is what sets us free. It's the word of the Lord coming out of our mouth. We have to know who we are. If we keep thinking that we are who we were, and that's who we... I am not who I was. Yeah. Amen. There is no way, and neither are you, Alex. And so, anyway, take us up to that, but tell us what God did. I...
3: I was sitting there. I was crying because I didn't want to die. And the verse that David spoke, "I will not live. I will not die, but live, and declare the wonderful works of the Lord." Just uh, that's all. Like that's all that hit my mind, got to my heart, and that's that's all that I could think about. Mm-hmm. I mean, God just filled that, and it was. That was a Saturday we came to church Sunday, pastor had no idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's one thing I want to tell the audience is just because you're dealing with these issues does not mean you're not a child of God. Amen. You just, you got to get, you got to get support. You got to get to, you got to get on your knees mm-hmm. and speak the word. Cause yes. that's the yes. word in my heart was the only thing, just like David said, it, yes. I've hit it in my heart. So I might not sin, but it, it does a lot more than keep you from sinning amen. It, it's sharper than any two-edged sword amen that the enemy fears it whenever we get the word in our heart and we speak it in faith yes but the pastor came up to me and began to rebuke the demons that had been torturing me and mm-hmm. he had no idea other mm-hmm. than the spirit of god mm-hmm. and the suicidal spirit has tried to come back and mama you you put it straight to me one day that it tried to come back and you was there called you and you talked to me on the phone and mm-hmm. just put it straight and it always tries to come back we have we can't give it place when it does that's right because it'll be worse yeah. than it was but yeah, yeah that was the turning point and after that, it was uh, a Daniel's fast in January that I really decided that I wanted to I wanted to take it to the next level, and that's when I really began to realize just who I was. Because for a, almost an entire year, I fasted three days a week, every week. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not trying to toot my own horn or nothing, but then I. You you and you and Pastor had been telling us all that month that if you don't pray with your fasting, it's not going to amount to a hill of beans. That's right. And I hadn't been praying with it, but then I did, and just and then the prayer life began to evolve. And you know, fifteen minutes turned into an hour, and then Mm -hmm. just it just kept. Whenever you get into a prayer life, even if you start with and I try to push this to celebrate recovery, especially to new believers. Even if you pray for 15 minutes a day, you got to have that time alone with God. Yes, you got to have the Word, but with the Word without prayer That's is right. not going to do you any good. It's a
1: pusher of the Word.
3: Yeah, and just that it begins to evolve, mm-hmm. and you don't even realize it. And it got to the point that I, when I would go to my prayer place, it was not talking to God as a deity, but talking to Him as a dad, and even begin mm-hmm. to say, you know. God, I'm really enjoying our time together. Yeah. Just, uh, just this one-on-one, there back and forth. But we we get so focused on the asking. And I like the um, the men's Bible study we're going through. The author of the book, Kingdom Men. Is it Kingdom Men Rising? Uh-huh. It said that we get so focused on stuff. And God's got so much for us. Yes. More for us than stuff. Stuff won't make you reach your full potential with God. That's Right and just I think that was before I became uh, armor bearer um, I don't even know if I was prayer pastor at this point but just we'd stepped down from being youth pastors we were no longer staff and God just kept blessing us and kept making opportunities for us and we we missed being staff here at solid Rock mm-hmm. and' We thank are grateful, extremely grateful the opportunity you and Pastor gave us for coming back to this, but just if it hadn't have been for that fasting and praying that season and I'm I'm not still doing it. Uh I've tried to get back to that kind of fasting, but that season has passed. You know, God's mm-hmm. still got fasting for me. God's yes. still got yes. things to grow, but that season has passed and I, I preached a message on this a few years ago that regret is the antithesis of grace. Mm-hmm. That I lived in the past for so long, looking at you know mm-hmm. what I should have done different, and this is where we we say hindsight is twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is not perfect vision; mm-hmm. it's average vision. Yep. But even and I I told somebody this in Celebrate Recovery the other night. I was like, just because you see what you could have done different. You don't know where that would have led you. That That's different so decision. That's we so can't true. see the uh, infinite possibilities that God can. And yeah. yes, it's never God's will for us to go against him and to not be in church. But I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade my life now. I would have a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But I am who exactly I am supposed to be.
1: Amen. With God. That's right. And those that are listening, so many times, like you said, we live in our past, we keep looking back, and we can enjoy our today. And when we'll look at our today, we can see the goodness of God. And if we if we will get in our in the word, if we'll submit ourselves, I mean, you know, uh Pastor and I are not perfect. You know, people can pick us apart because You know, we haven't been perfect all of our life. we failed a lot. We wish we hadn't. We wish we hadn't failed people. Most of all, we wish we hadn't failed God. But yet we would not take anything for what we learned through our failures. And not only that, it's helped us to have grace for people that are struggling, grace for people, and and to see that, you know, we all need Jesus. But there is something better every day for us than what our past offered and that's what we got to be and and we have to be about the father's business trying to help everybody we can by encouraging them that it doesn't matter what you're going through that god's grace is sufficient and so we're so glad that you came tonight we're so glad that you shared this time with us and and we just uh i believe that those that are listening you know you can you can relate a lot Mm -hmm. uh every time that we come together sitting at this table you know there's a lot of things that we can never tell all of our story because the story never ends mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. you know and there and we take a piece here and a piece there and and
0: well if we wait seven days to do a podcast we got seven days of stories and that we, we can do touch. and so that's we'll never ever
1: tell it all you just can't but the goodness of God in all of our lives is, is so great and and uh, so we're, we're so glad that you came and that Amen. you shared this time with Thank us you. and and I believe that there are many that are listening and, and God God's not mad at us. God's not mad at you and he loves you and wherever you're at whatever time of life that you are and whatever you're struggling with god is not mad at you he just wants you to trust him he really wants you to trust that he's got what's best for you and uh during all the stuff it changes us as people Uh, so we're so glad that you're here uh chris i'm going to ask you to pray for our audience tonight i know they've sat here and they've listened and and hopefully they they've been able to relate a little bit but the one key thing that i feel tonight that we want people to see that no matter what your journey is no matter what part of it has been hard that god will take every bit of what the devil meant for bad and for destruction of our life god said give it to me and i'm going to turn it around and i'm going to use it for my good and i'm going to set captives free just like I have set you free, and that's what we all—that's what we're all supposed to be doing. This is our call. So, would you pray, Chris?
2: Heavenly Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name. We just thank you, God, for this testimony, this uh, prophecy, God of of Alice, God, and just the word that He put forth, Lord. And we just thank you, God, that. As he humbled his heart, Lord, that you just, you went in and you did the work. As he uh, surrendered to yes. you, you went in and you did the work, God. And that's what that's what I heard through his story, Lord. And I just mm-hmm. thank you, God, that each person that's listening, Lord, that is struggling, that is getting beat up by different things, just beat up by life, God, mm-hmm. I just pray, Lord, that you help them to, to surrender, yes. that you yes. help them to um, abandon the pride and humble their hearts, Lord yes. God, so that you can come in and you can do the work, Lord. And however that may be, Lord, I just thank you, God, that you're just softening hearts, you're softening minds, you're lining up, up the word and you're just making things come to pass um yes. for our listeners lord and we thank you for that thank you god that um you're just protecting them from the weapons of the enemy lord yes. we know that yes. the enemy comes and he tries to steal to kill and destroy mm-hmm. but you've come to give life and life more abundantly and we just thank you god for that abundant life for all of our yes. listeners and uh, we just thank you god that you're just opening up so many doors and yes. we just um we're thankful god and yes. thank you for that blessing in jesus name amen amen, amen.
1: Until the next time at the table with Darlene, may the peace of God rule and reign in your hearts. Shalom.
0: Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at solidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org. Also at WAWMinistries.org Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.